Hey everyone! Well, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. I am Nat, and I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, Jimin and Ash. Hello. What up? <laughs> We're here, here to talk all things K-pop and Korean entertainment and Korean news. And thank you for spending time with us. So we're going to start with what have we been listening to? Okay. So as I mentioned before the show, I'm really obsessed with this Rihanna track for the Wakanda Forever movie. It's, I, it just grew on me. I don't know how within the span of a couple of days, it just grew on me. So I've obviously been listening to that. I've also been listening to a lot of J. Cole still. I know I'm kind of still on that. The song he has with TLC, I really love that song. In addition, I've been listening to, now I got to actually, I've listened to some K-pop. The freaking, this, so earlier today, I listened to the Stray Kids Taste. <laughs> okay. Plus. Yeah, I mean, I don't even understand how we got here. It's such an incredible song. I just highly recommend it. It's, a, it's really good. Of course, I've been listening to Pixie Too Cute, which I introduced Nat and Ash to on Patreon. So make sure y'all, you know, subscribe to our Patreon so y'all can hear that, our conversation around that. What else have I been listening to? Lots of Thai music, more Thai music. I'm looking through my playlist and it's like more Thai music. But that's really the main stuff, right? Yeah. A little bit of Paramore, because I watched a music video, and it was, I'm not a music video, one of those little commentary videos about, why do Black people like Paramore? And I was like, that's such a, that's a generalization. But, and the question still really wasn't answered, but it it was a good attempt. So, how about (laughs) y'all? I feel like, I don't know why Black people like Paramore. And I mean, I know it is a generalization, but Black people really do love them some Paramore. So, I don't know. It is one of those. Uh, well, they, the whole yeah. theory was that the whole theory was that Paramore, like sonically, sounds very close to what a lot of Black people grew up on because Paramore started off as like Christian rock, but it was really influenced by gospel because you know Haley Williams and all of them—they're from the South. They grew up in Mississippi and then moved to Tennessee, I believe. So like. And Haley, I think, talked about at one point how she grew up around Black people who were in the church. So clearly it was influencing her. And then on top of the fact that their music sounds similar to a lot of the music we all grew up on, Haley Williams can actually sing. (laughs) And she's like, you know, one of the only rock groups where it's a female front person and who can actually sing, you know, versus, you know, most rock bands, it's like a guy's, I swear that you, you know, they tell me, they sing like, what's the, what's the meme? There's like a, a viral video from Vine where it's like, isn't it like, turn around and die. That's how most of them sound. So they talk about that. And then what else did she say? She also talked about how Paramore is kind of like this entity that is not apolitical, but they don't, they don't, they seem to say the right things when it comes to politics. So it was like those factors combined. I don't know if that helped illuminate what it does. Because I am Canadian, so I wouldn't make those connections. Oh, I didn't even know, yeah. I didn't know the, even where they were from. So there you go. <laughs> but I wonder if that's why Black people also like Evanescence, because they did also hmm. start out as a Christian rock group. Probably. Wow, I didn't know. I always knew about Creed. Creed? Oh my god. Arms wide open. 
Hello. And that's also, how I know y'all ain't from America. Yeah. And also Lifehouse. Yeah. Lifehouse started out as a Christian rock band. <laughs> Lifehouse. Yeah, allegedly. Give me back. Oh my God, I that's saw them in concert. They were really good. Funny. But <laughs> anyways, yes, mm-hmm. what have I been listening to? <laughs> Actually, we're talking about rock music. I've been listening to a lot of Kings of Leon lately. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I needed their music to make it through some last, these last couple of weeks. And I, I love Kings of Leon. Their music is just so, I don't know, lyrically it's, it's so amazing. And I mean, I love Caleb's voice, obviously, and the instrumentals from their songs. And I know most people, when they think of Kings of Leon, like they think of that one album, I think only for the night. Yeah. What paint? What was it? You somebody, you somebody, you somebody. Yeah. It's funny, they have a song on there also called Be Somebody, but You Somebody is the big one. But it's funny because for me, the first song I heard from them was Sex on Fire. And really, did the Sex on Fire come out after though? No, I think Sex on Fire came out first. And then You Somebody was like the second single from that album or something like that. But See, I'm black, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I've, I, I'm like, I'm such a fan. I went back to some of their old songs that I like to see what kind of sound they were. And I've listened to every album that they've dropped since then. I, I mean, they're just a fantastic group, fantastic group. And they also have that Southern sort of like, not quite gospel, but kind of gospel-y kind of feel to it, depending on the album Mm -hmm. you listen to. Like, so I've, that's basically what I've been listening to. Not much K-pop, I'll be honest, though I have started my yearly rewatch of Seven Deadly Sins. It's an anime. And so I have been listening to some of the OST from that album as from that anime as well too. Shout out to Man with a Mission, Seven Deadly Sins. Fantastic song. One of the best openers. But yeah, that's kind of been it for me. I mean, also Tony Braxton. I listen to, you know what's funny? I listen to Tony Braxton the most out of every artist that I listen to and you wouldn't know it because I talk about so many other groups and artists and whatever more but every single year without fail Tony Braxton is just like tops whatever charts she topped the chart last year and this year I know she's gonna top the chart as well too because I just I don't know I love Tony Braxton secrets the heat love marriage and divorce like she Tony Braxton's great. I saw her in a concert too. She's fantastic. But yes, that has been me. What about I you? Actually, I don't think I've ever listened to a Tony Braxton song on purpose. Yikes. 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 You're missing out. Do? Ash. You don't know what you're missing, Jimin. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I probably am missing a lot. Ash, sorry for interrupting. It's okay. No, I was just going to say Tony Braxton was that that girl back in the 90s like she really was but yeah i haven't been haven't really been listening to that much k-pop either i kind of go through my periods where sometimes i'll go back and listen to like older k-pop stuff but i haven't really really like the the playlist that we listened to for our patreon episode that was the most probably of the newest songs i've listened to for a while but in general, I've just been listening to a lot of the same stuff. I've been getting a lot into uh, choreography videos. I used to watch a lot of the, you guys know, know the Millennium Dance Studio? 
that dance studio that you used to see everybody go to with a red background when people go to LA. I think a lot of K-pop idols have been to that studio as well. Yeah, I um, remember. Do they still go? I don't know. Like, I know that there was a lot of stuff had changed with the dance world after the pandemic. And now everyone has moved to Instagram. But anyway, I found some old stuff that was choreography to like Whitney Houston and Mindless Behavior and some of the older songs and I don't know, Janet Jackson and stuff like that. So I, you know, kind of binged on that. But yeah, that's pretty much it as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I mean, obviously, Halloween was yesterday. We're recording this on November 1st. So obviously, I think I feel like we all probably watched Thriller because what else do you do on Halloween but watch Thriller? <laughs> it's like, it's like mm-hmm. the song was made for Halloween. All right. So we are going to get to comebacks and debuts and just all of sort of like the new music that you can be expecting to come shortly. I will sh- like, summarize i guess the more important to us anyways comebacks which red velvet yua from oh my girls highlight aka beast and alexa are all confirmed for november comebacks and we as as you guys can tell we have not really caught up with the k-pop stuff or k-pop music recently because just things have been happening but we did put together a mini playlist of like six MVs and these are the comebacks that did catch our attention that we probably were all meaning to pay attention to or check out and we're gonna watch them and we are going to react in this episode (laughs) I mean we even we haven't done that in a really long time because I feel like we used to do that years ago and then we kind of stopped for whatever reason I mean, we I think it's because we would react to literally every single music video that had. You're right, out. and it was and it was a little bit unmanageable. It had to be two different segments, episodes. Yeah, it had to be two different episodes at that point because it was like an hour just doing that. <laughs> We're just like, ooh, we got topics to get to. But anyway, so we are going to check out BTS's Jin with the astronaut. 10 with Birthday, Sogi with 28 Reasons, EXID with Fire, One Us with Same Sense, and Only One Of with Because. If you guys do have any recommendations of anything that we should check out that we might have missed, or maybe you think that, you know, we need to give attention to, just let us know. You know how to reach us. But anyways, we are going to start with One Us and Same Sense. Matt, you are dirt. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> What? Never mind. I just realized something. Now, don't get too attached to these guys because one of these dudes already left. He he, he left Girl. the other day. <laughs> yeah, I can like one, one us is a a new. I couldn't tell you who left the group. Oh, I think it's this dude. Now, I will admit, the song is kind of basic. I mean, I've watched it already. But... 
I'm happy because I feel like their music has been really not my style lately. So I'm kind of very happy to have more of a generic take on Wanna Because I'm like, at least it's palatable. That's something I can listen to. Mm-hmm. I have not liked anything since I think a song worth written. I feel like this instrumental is almost a bit dated though, no? It is. It's, like, it's, super yeah. it's like yeah. very, what, 2018, 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Like they should know that we're not doing Tropical House anymore. Unless you're card, okay. And that's because that's their thing. That's they their brand. Yeah, they don't, they're not a trend. They're not on the trend here. That is their thing. <laughs> oh, someone's showing a little bit of skin there. How long has one of us been around? Are these guys even of age? Yes. <laughs> no. I don't know. Actually, I think they are. Let's see. But they've been around for a while, so that's why I'm like... Their oldest member is born in 96. Yeah, their oldest member is born in 96, and their youngest member... Yeah, I, I would say, because they're, like, older than some of some third-gen boys. Not a lot, but some. Yeah. The youngest Guys, member yeah. was born in 2000, so yes. That part is kind of goofy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's kind of goofy. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you what what the whole point of this MV is. But, I mean, it is what it is. As I said, I'm happy that they're making music that I can actually even listen to at this point. This point so, I'm okay. Though? I can. can I can. You? Absolutely can. Okay. Wait, so hold, next up. Up. hold up. We can't, we can't play the God yet. But, yeah, let's go on to the next one. No, no, no. It was it was starting to play while you were talking. I was like, hold on, we gotta. Yeah, we gotta give it some time. We have to introduce it. So this is the folks was talking about this one. You know what? Oh. They were talking about it At for good the- reason. For good reason. <laughs> uh, so-, <laughs> so this is Hen from NCT with birthday. Y'all stop lying. That man ain't in NCT. I mean, he's an A thing a, a part of mct so i already love it <laughs> i'm sorry i already love it why is 10 more talented than every member of stray kids <laughs> oh my god can you imagine if he did a song such a cool with oh but tame it well with tame it obviously i mean we don't even he, have to imagine because they already no, did that. But yeah, exactly. No, but I was thinking, I was thinking with Bang Chang and Hyunjin. Girl, I, you need to stop being horny for Bang Chang. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think that would be an amazing song. No, but think about it. Think about like red lights and or like even taste if they kind of did their own take on I it. I kind of want him with Hyunjin and Felix more than Bang Chang, but okay, that's I can see bias that for Felix coming in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this song is amazing. Ten looks amazing. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I I I like that. Let's do the real Stray Kids with Ten. <laughs> we all know Stray Kids only has three members. If NCT did more stuff like this, I could maybe understand. Like, I feel I don't know. What I like this is the NCT style. This is Ten. This, this is, is his 10. style. Yeah. 
okay. you know what I really liked though when he was dancing to like to the beat like to all of the the beats that were kind of going it kind of reminded me of early 90s Timbaland and Missy because they had such yeah. intricate melodies and instrumentals for their songs and they would dance to every single part of it because obviously you know they made their music so they they could pull it apart but that was some like the type of dancing that I hadn't seen in like a decade at the very least just so the way crazy cut through Thai Chinese king see this is why only wavy this is why only wavy could have done love talk there's no way that 127 could have done love talk it's just not in them there's something about the whole energy that wavy gives yeah that I think makes those concepts work yeah Ten is Thai too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Is he like half Thai? Yes. He's so he's like yes, half Thai and like born and raised in Thai, but like ethnically Chinese, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's a oh, okay. there's quite a population of ethnic like Chinese. Ethnic, yeah, Han Chinese. Han Chinese, Thai. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Thailand. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. That's in Thai. I think I'm in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I feel like communicating with Tin would be so difficult though. Cause like you know how Bam Bam feels like he can grasp every language fully that he knows? Yeah. I feel like Tin sometimes, like, will just completely forget words in every single language he knows. <laughs> well, that would make things fun, because you gotta, like, you gotta mime he stuff. In gaps. He'll yeah. be speaking in English, and then he'll not know the English words, so he'll say it in Korean, and then he'll go into Korean, and then not know the Korean words, so then he'll switch <laughs> to Chinese. That's how Tin is. That's complicated. But he's oh. so like intelligent, talented. Yes. Okay. 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 Well, thank you, Ten. I'm so sorry we talked all through your song because it was a great song. It was fantastic. And I mean, we were watching it incredible. and listening to it, and I was on Wikipedia. Oh, you know that he won and earned an opportunity to sign a contract with Starship before he signed to SM. Huh. Oh. I kind of wish he had taken that. <laughs> really? I, kind of, I kind of, I kind of wonder because Starship is Monster X's label, right? Yeah, but he would not have been in Monster X. I don't think he would no, have been in to be in Monster X. I'm trying to. I'm thinking more so of like the the opportunity to do the type of music that they do. I feel like Monster X does a lot of like those concepts more that. Mature. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's because their reputation is like the the Beast Idol, I guess, kind of reputation. But yeah. I kind of would like to see that because I feel like that's Tin's like Tin's bread and butter is like how can I make something? He's like Taman to me. Like how can I make something super sensual? The difference is is like in real life, Taman is kind of like like a weirdo, like, like <laughs> in an affectionate way. But yeah. whereas in Tin, when Tin is all like not performing, he's still that kind of same like mischievous I'm just gonna say like the most you know the thing that everybody's thinking but everybody else can't say because the you know respectability culture and all that I love this I know we're not like doing full reviews and everything after the songs but this is what NCT like like Ash said earlier they need to stick to this type of lane and 10 is leading the way all of his solos are just better than the rest of the catalog. 
<laughs> I just don't see it for NCT 127. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't see it at all for any it's of them. because they're so talented. Like, they yeah. really are talented. No, they, they are talented. Really I just don't think this concept works for them. Like, the sensual kind of sexy stuff. Oh, I don't think I that see. works for them. Maybe Johnny, yes. But the rest of them, I don't think so. No, I just definitely not Johnny. Offered. Johnny's so goofy. He's it goofy. Works for, to me, it works for, like, because Tin and Taeyong have a song that I think it really works. But Taeyong, Taeyong takes stuff too far, though. Because Taeyong, we'll be trying to be, you know, sexy but classy. And Taeyong kind of ratchet. Like, a lot of his solo music, I'd be like, boy, like... He's definitely more hip-hop. You, yeah. But also, he, what's the word? He's not sensual. He's sexual, right? Like, it's, there's a difference there. I see what you mean, though. This is not a one two seven move can you imagine the wavy move them having hey chan in this <laughs> doing this song <laughs> okay you know what's funny Chan's voice would sound good but Chan's face and his 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 whole no know, i can't imagine him performing it but i can Me imagine him doing the ghost vocals yes he could sing he could sing something in the background that is fine but i can't imagine him My in the end like dancing up. like dead i could not uh, he's, he's no like, he's that's not. He's, i'm sorry i can't do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. but anyways uh ash what did you think? it was fine like i said i think i heard what you guys said about certain members of nct can't pull off that kind of concept which i guess i understand although i will stand by the fact that the only thing i really have ever liked from nct is seven cents and if they had went with that unit and concept that probably would have been the perfect the ideal boy group for me but you know obviously they had different huh. yeah different yeah. things in mind but yeah I actually really agree with you. Like in terms of that's their best song still for me. I agree. Like, I agree. And that is that is also their, not to say they don't have other great songs because I do think they do. But that's their best song and it's also their best concept. Problem is, is that concept does not work with one two seven. No. Like you said, it, it would have to be with those five people that was that were in on that song. So Jaehyun, Taeyong, Doyoung, Mark, and Ten. Like, yeah. They're the only ones that can pull that off. The rest of the members of 127 are literally just walking like infants. Like they're, they're babies, kind of. Like in terms of how they perform. Mm-hmm. I just can't see it. Except for Taylor was in there too, right? Was Taylor? No, no Taylor was not I, in there. It was just the five of them. Yeah. Taylor was no. not in there. I wonder if they were like... Anyway, though. He's a singer. Yeah, I wonder if they were like the super rookies at the time. So that's why they put them, they were the ones to sort of introduce NCT. But there was like, the thing with the seven cents is that there's just like this maturity in that song that there's a confidence that's in it. And it's not that the other guys don't have it, but if you look at the NCT's discography, it's been kind of childish to be kind of honest. And it it goes for that youthful fun you know like that that's kind of the vibe they're given right that's why i don't i don't see them i I can't really picture them doing like the group all of them doing that kind of maturity you know sexiness as as we can see with 10 and wavy wavy i don't know wavy is just seems like a bit more of a mature vibe so i can see it but sure Anyways, let us get to the next song, which is EXID and Fire. 
and this is their long-awaited comeback. According to Hanny, they won the they I don't know if they won or they bought the rights for their music. So they own it now and they're able to do whatever they want with it and promote it as much as they can. And their latest album, I think it was a mini album or maybe just a single, like it's their best selling to date. So awesome. Yay. Yeah. I mean, you can tell the budget has changed a bit because they're not with banana culture anymore. But I I respect and love indie artists. So. That's what I'm going to consider excited to be. <laughs> They're in, independent. <laughs> I think this was taken place in like a prison. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them with a budget this high. <laughs> this part is cute. Oh, I like this part. It's, it's my favorite part of the song. It definitely hears sounds like something we've heard before, but I like it. Oh, fun fact. It's Henny, very Blackpink. Henny had like braids, I think, and people basically spoke out about it. And so they blurred it. That's why if you notice Hanny at the end, she's kind of blurred. Huh? I can't. Hold on. I guess I'm trying to see. Okay, I'll go back. Referring to, I'll go back. Oh, wait. Okay, well, we didn't need to go back. I, they would have probably showed her again. <laughs> no, no, I don't think That's they showed her again in that. Yeah. I don't really know. Understand what they're saying. It's the way that they're saying it. I know. I kind of like her delivery here. Okay, then she ruined it by singing. Oh, the instrumental right here is so good. If the entire song was just that pre-chorus, chef's kiss. Yeah. This is risky, no? In South Korea? Uh, yeah. They're also an older they're, they're an older group, though. And they're, they've yeah. always had kind of mature concepts. So, I mean, it fits mm. with them and their brand. Honestly, K-pop okay. needs them in that way because there's not a lot of, like, mature sexy concept groups anymore yeah i guess i was just kind of looking back to when hyorin wore a very similar outfit and was dragged for it <laughs> i think part of that though wasn't she like at a performance or something there yeah. well she performed dally at the act like an acting ceremony or something like that like, and you're just like oscars or something yeah and so everybody's in suits and ties and these you know princess dresses or whatever in the crowd and she's on the floor rolling around <laughs> and so the dally dally and it was like girl 
understand your audience, please. I understand this is who you oh, are, but like, <laughs> you need to understand your audience. Like, I got, I honestly understood the beef that sort of came out of that. But, anyways, that was EXID with Fire. Honestly, it's not anything spectacular for sure, but I'm happy to see them because I think groups like them are very important in the K pop industry mm-hmm. in 2020. I agree so with like that's the it is, symbolism. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if Jimin wants to take a walk. Yeah. (laughs) You keep spoiling my jokes. Yes, I'm going to take my intermission. Let me put my headphones in. So we are going to watch the MV for Jin's The Astronaut. The Astronaut. And if you know, he co-wrote this song with Coldplay. I don't know if you co-wrote it with everybody in Coldplay or just Chris Martin. Because I feel like Chris Martin was the one who usually writes most of their music. Yeah, I got the feeling from what I heard, it was more like maybe he contributed a little bit to it. Because from what I understand, like it was more or less a for- fully formed song that Coldplay had that they gave to Jen or wanted to use, wanted him to use for his going away song or whatever. Oh, okay. But they may have been a situation where he added a few things so he could get co-writing credit. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I'm looking at the credits right now, and it is all of the members of Coldplay, plus some extra people. Probably um, after it went to, after Ivy got it, they probably had some other white folk on the track. I decided to come back and listen to it because <laughs> I think it's unfair to criticize someone when you... Okay, wait. <laughs> Why is he in like what's this like Colorado? Yeah. Kansas. <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely not in South Korea. Yeah, not in that but neighborhood. I weirdly do like this. Like first and foremost, this music video is amazing so far. It's very beautiful. And I love the aesthetic. And it's probably because it's so familiar to a lot of rock music songs take place in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's kind of strange. Okay, you just gonna run into this black woman. Hold up. <laughs> Let me shut up. I like that he's walking through it like he's a beetle. But you know, the Beatles are the pinnacle of music to a lot of these people. I don't know. I really like that it's taking place in this American suburb. I, I think this is actually super fresh compared to literally other... Every other K-pop video, it's like, what can you compete on? You can't compete on budget anymore. You can't compete on spectacle. You got to do something really different. And this is actually really different. I so is like this Jen singing or Chris Martin? Because it kind of like, like both of them. I was about to say, like, I heard people say that you can hear them pretty heavy or Coldplay, or whoever does most of the singing on this song. I mean, Jin's not a singer. Well, Jin, <laughs> Jin is a singer. But Jin also has a very thick accent, usually, when he sings in English. But there's almost no accent. And you can also hear, clearly hear some, like, rasp. Like, you hear Jin, obviously. But there's also, like, layering of the Coldplay guys. See, right there, Jin looked cute. He looked like Jisoo from Blackpink. I don't I kind of feel like, I don't think Jin can hold that note. But, you know, okay. The song itself is not bad because it's a Coldplay song. And I mean, Coldplay yeah, it sounds like an offensive song. song. Like, they make inoffensive music for the most part, so. I see he's trying to go for that K-drama role. Y'all think he gonna get it? Well, I thought he was always supposed to be an actor, to be honest. 
Yeah, but what is he acting in? <laughs> and besides oh, I, I know. Videos. I mean, I, 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 like, BTS fans always say that, and they can never point to me, like, any significant roles he's ever done. That is very true. I mean, I wouldn't know, to be honest, but <laughs> also, <laughs> I... I have also only heard that he is supposed to be an actor. That was why he got into BTS so that he could piggyback that <laughs> to an actor. Like, prove that. Yeah. I feel like it's just a conspiracy at this point. It's kind of like RM got fluent from English in uh, English from watching Friends. It's just like it gets repeated enough, people start to think it's true. So yeah, mm. I don't like his hair. Okay. Oh wait, you didn't uh, let the video finish. I mean, it's just him smiling into the. And looking at that white girl outside, probably. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, y'all know I gotta say some stuff. Sure. So first, I am happy I listened to it because, once again, I can't judge something I, I haven't listened to. Yeah. The song was very much a generic Coldplay song. Nothing yes. wrong with it. It's just, that's what it was. Also, a lot of the song really did not sound like Jin. I'm not even, like, saying that it to is. be, like an a-hole or anything it just did not sound like Jin to me and if it is him like congratulations that was like like congratulations in the sense of not that the vocals were anything special like they weren't bad obviously but congratulations in the sense that like I don't think I've heard him sound like that before and it's like a radical difference it's like very different from what I normally hear but my biggest compliment is the music video I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. I thought every aspect of it was beautiful. I even thought the way they styled him, including his hair, was appropriate. Like it was so it really gave me flashbacks to being in like being, you know, watching the little not MTV, but like when they used to have an hour long we'll play music videos on certain channels, I guess like VH1 or something, and it'll be like all the current like pop rock songs that came out in the same vein as like a Maroon 5 and stuff like that. And this really gave me those vibes. It it, it gives you like, Panic at the Disco will make a music video like this. That type of vibe. So I congratulate them on like really going outside of the box there, even though weirdly it's like, how can you say this is out of the box? Well, you don't see other K-pop groups doing music videos like this. And I actually want to see this. You know what group I would love to see do this? Say which group? Say what? Two by two? Girl, two by two would eat this concept up. I wouldn't even think about them, but y'all right. They would eat this concept up. I was thinking about Extraordinary, the group that <laughs> the group that did the knockoff I write since not tragedies that we listen to on Patreon. Oh, Extraordinary Heroes. Yes. Yes, yes. Extraordinary okay. Heroes. There you go. Extraordinary yes. Heroes. That we I feel like I want to see them do this concept because they're a band. So seeing a band concept would make a lot of sense. But yeah, them and two by two. Two by two, I don't know if they like two by two. I think I just want to see people playing instruments in the middle of a suburban street. And that will take me, it will be so nostalgic. And I know two by two can't do that because I've never heard them men play instruments. <laughs> okay, I'll talk Fair a lot. Enough. Fair enough. I thought the song was fine. I thought it was, you know, very, very basic Coldplay. I'm actually kind of happy they didn't release it. Yeah, because I don't think they would have. I mean, it probably would have sounded it would have been the same, but it wouldn't have been as interesting and it it just wouldn't have done as well either. I mean, obviously, Jin brings the BTS boost, right? So this was very smart. Give him your most generic song and people will buy it. And it, it was pleasant. Like, it wasn't a bad song by any stretch of the imagination. The MV was cute. It was giving, like, 
manic pixie girl, but for boys, I guess. I don't know if there's a version of that. Mm-hmm. Like the hair. manic pixie girl. I got I got like the I think the hair you know what it is? It's not that you know why I was thinking that? I think it's because uh, he reminds me of Joseph Gordon Levitt in Five Hundred Days of Summer or whatever, or Fifty Days of Summer, whatever the hell that movie's called. Also, yeah, didn't yes, Zach Bra- didn't Zach Braff have a haircut just like that at some point? Yes, I feel too like in in shoot Garden Garden State with Natalie Portman, but like all of these movies have manic pixie girls, so I feel like he's like the male lead in those. That's why this. He was giving me that vibe. Really? Yeah. Dave, he was really give lead guy in a pop punk music video. Oh, not at all. Set in the desert, set in like the suburbs of Arizona. Oh, no, no, no. Like early, mid 2000s. He was definitely given like, he's going to fall in love with the first girl that he sees. Like that's, that's what he was giving me. Uh, Okay. Maybe y'all need to brush up on y'all media and just consume art because i don't (laughs) understand i think it might be a difference of you know like not quite generations but yeah i think that might be it because me and ash are talking about like zach braff (laughs) i've never seen zach braff with this kind of haircut like so i've only seen him with the what's the move the really famous popular show he's in scrubs yes scrubs with the scrubs look so. Yeah, there was a time when they tried to make him an it sort of movie star and just never took. But there was like a very short window when they tried to do that. He so, was like the indie star. Yeah, exactly. Because he wrote and produced his own stuff. And, you know, yeah. that made him talented. <laughs> Anyways, yes, that's... I mean, it's the song's not bad, though. I, I say all that to say the song's you not know bad. What? I can see, okay, bad. I can see what you're, where y'all coming from. Like, if y'all were to tell me that he would be like the lead the leading man in um, Juno. Do you remember yes. Juno? Yes. Yes. I would have believed you. That's, like, that's what I was giving. Video. That's what it was given. So that's that's kind of where I was coming from. I mean, I maybe that's what he's looking for. Maybe that's that. This is his real. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it was just tough for me to initially see that because he's so made up. And in mm. Juno, they didn't even. None, no, like Elliot Page and all, none of them. They just look like regular, regular people. Where, Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think that was part yeah. of it. Yeah, I think the whole thing gave a very big, like, coming of age type of... Yes, yes. Which is strange because he's, like, 30. So, <laughs> yes. Hey, you know what? Maybe Jin's message at the end of the day is that you never stop coming of age. Coming of age? a title of the episode you never stop coming of age yes <laughs> save that. that save that ash for later but yes like you can be 30 40 50 it doesn't matter guys you're still growing you're still learning you're still you're still turning 13 <laughs> exactly exactly I you're still that. experiencing life and experiencing things for the first time he's experiencing war for the first time soon so like guys it never stops regardless Isn't of your it war the, I mean, that's are they in a war or is it actively? They are. I mean, actively, it's still technically a war. I mean, as even though it is a stalemate, the war itself has not ended. It's just 
unpaused. Okay. It's a pause. Yeah, it's a pause. Yeah, so so he's 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 not in the war. He's in the pause. I guess he's in the... I mean, is this going to be one of those did Rachel and Ross break up or were they on a break kind of situations? I don't know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> You're getting into references that I can't even comprehend. Like, see, that's your media knowledge jumping out. See, see, but... Any of the BTS fans who actually listen to us will get that reference because, I mean, if you like RM and BTS, you've watched RM. (laughs) (laughs) Although Ash has a theory that RM never actually watched Friends. Well, I mean, he sounds like a Black person, so clearly he did not learn English. (laughs) (laughs) He watched Luna Single. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But Ash, what did you think? I mean, pretty much what you guys said, it's, it's... Coldplay, but like a B-side cast off that they decided not to use and gave it to Jen. And, you know, of course, all of the fans were like, oh, it's his gift to us before he goes to the army. So at least Jen can go off to the military knowing that he left with a good music video. So, yeah. yeah. Some people, they go to the military and their last singles are garbage. So, I mean, Jen... Jin's already one step forward. Good for him. But yeah. Anyways, next we have Sogi's 28 Reasons. I feel like this Uh-oh. song. Come through, Queen. I feel like this song, like when it came out, everybody was talking about it and then everybody stopped talking about it. I don't. <laughs> it's very strange. Isn't I feel like that's how. So, okay. Let me not roast that <laughs> real quick. But 28 Reasons honestly sounds like. It it immediately evokes the thirteen reasons why imagery, mm. but guess it's not that at all. <laughs> well, I don't know I never watched thirteen reasons why. Maybe people are kissing other people's brothers. Thirteen reasons why is about suicide, basically. Oh, content warning. We should probably put a content warning. Okay, she's really going for the Aaliyah aesthetic. Absolutely. Like, the song is Aaliyah. The outfits are Aaliyah. Yep. Not that it's a bad thing, necessarily. Just And the instrumental's given Timberland Light as well, too. It's it's literally, (laughs) like, every... It's literally given Are You That Somebody. Yeah. I just wish she was... You know what would make this better is if she was like more gritty. Like she's too perfect right now. Like she's too made up to like calculate it. If she wants to come off as cool, which clearly she does, she needs to like not have everything so practiced. You know, I, th- I think that's a consequence of how. Yeah, how it is mm-hmm. now. Like they're all so used to the specific way that they do things. That's why when they perform in America, nobody is impressed other than their fans because it's such a practiced way of performing. It's too rehearsed. It's not free or artistic. There's no originality in that sense because they're just... And also because when they perform, they do the same exact performance every single time. Yeah. So most K-pop idols... Like oh, when yeah, they, they perform, do the same yeah. choreography? Yeah. Yeah, they, but they even... Even like the parts that you would think are more freeing for them, they all like everything always comes across as very rehearsed. Well, have you actually yeah. like have you watched a 
K-pop group rehearse for a tour because yeah. they, one thing I know is even the rappers will rehearse. How are we going to move the mic? How are we going to do it? I'm like, so is nothing spontaneous? Is everything no. planned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is a, I feel like that little whispering part was like very interesting. Yeah, this looks like they, they watched a bunch of Aaliyah and R&B videos from the 90s and took a bunch of stuff, but weren't able to get the essence of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's way too perfect. And then, and beyond just the choreography being perfect, one thing I don't like is that the makeup is not natural. Like, if you look at, if you go back and watch, I was actually just watching Aaliyah music videos the other day. And one thing I really loved is how her makeup always just complimented how she naturally looked. Yes. It wasn't meant to make her look like a different person. Whereas the Korean makeup culture is always meant to not accentuate your natural features, but to almost give you features you don't even have. It's supposed to cover your imperfections with with basically just making use as white as possible. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's not cool. But I like the song. I thought it was... It's a decent song. She's yeah, going to have her, her Sunmi Gashina moment because... Yeah. Some of the choreography is lifted straight from Gashino, but, but you know, that that's neither here nor there. It's yeah. cool. I love the choreography, I will say. It was very cool. And I, I think she, like, she really clearly has the ability mm-hmm. to be solo. She does not need Red Velvet, if you ask me, based on this song. Yeah, I agree. I liked it. I Nothing really stood out to me. To be quite honest, because it has been, it was very much like, oh, I've already seen, you know, versions of this. Before. I've seen all of this done better by people yeah. in the 90s, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I thought it was a good effort. And I was actually, when I first heard that she was going solo, I was like, ooh, I'm probably not going to like it. So I was pleasantly surprised. Thank you, Sylvie, mm-hmm. for making mm-hmm. me, you know, eat my words. But Ash, what about you? Sylvie is probably the only person in Red Velvet, I feel like, that has, like, the total package in the sense that she can sing decently well, she can dance. I feel like she has most kind of stage presence out of the girls. So it's not surprising to me that she would, you know, be able to perform well in her own solo. So I'm, I'm glad that she seems to be doing relatively been successful so far. I just kind of hope that she has, she tries to do some more creative things other than just 90s era, you know, R&B, Aaliyah, you know, like try and put some of yourself into these things. I don't know. Yeah. Like where's Silgi in all of this? We don't know. But anyways, the last song that we are going to check out is Only One Of's and it is, is it Rye? Because? B number four? Okay, there's yeah. a lot going on there. Yeah. Okay. I feel like the context here is that this music video is part of a series of music videos. And it had a music video before it. So mm. this story is starting in the middle of where the other music video ended. Ooh. We're getting some boy Not, not the like middle. It. I don't even know. It's not oh. the middle of where the other music video ended. Oh, okay. It's the end of the other music video. We're Whatever. doing Y'all know what I'm after shots. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. I get it. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to explain. <laughs> this is the point. No, I'm just really surprised because music videos like by K-pop groups rarely even talk about sex. Have so a to have some theme. Well, oh. they really like even, you know, mention sex or anything like that. Or if they do, it's like, we are really meant party or some shit. So this is mm. this is explicitly being like, no, no, they fucked. 
and this is the night after. This is the <laughs> morning is after or something like, you know, she like said, this is explicit explicitly. <laughs> Not the way you say things is funny to me. <laughs> Wait, so is this a new a new singer? Rie? No, they're like so this is they're part of the group only one of, but they have this series of solos that they're releasing from each member. So each member has a solo, and each member's solo is like a part of its own discrete story. So this is like the second half of a story that started with the other guy in this video, the long hair guy. Oh, so they're they're still doing the boys love thing. Got it. So I feel like we should watch the series from beginning to end because I feel like I would like that drama. (laughs) (laughs) So I just knock a bunch of like paper cranes to the floor. Rude. Let's let's fight right now. Whoever's singing is really good. Rie? Yeah. Is, is he their the main vocal or their lead vocal or just the lead vocal? I think he's just the lead vocal. I think their main vocal is somebody else. I'm dying that the most like explicit relationship we've gotten in a music video from a K-pop group is a boy love one. It's like two boys. <laughs> it's like, not even, like, like I can't even remember the relationships that they want to promote. Yeah. yeah, you don't even see that with males and females in in K-pop videos like this intimate. I guess you're right. I don't know. Have I? I mean, Shiny had replay where they were trying to date the girl, but they weren't like in a relationship with the girl. So. Right. Yeah. What I'm yeah. saying is like you don't. You usually never see them even be this type of intimacy. Like show that in a video. It's usually right. very like they were laying on a bed together. I mean, I can't remember last time I saw that outside of. Like IU and Inhyuk from <laughs> Super Junior being caught. Girl, shut up. <laughs> you have to bring that up. I forgot all about that until you said it just now. So uh, only one of their leader was born in 92. Mm. Holy crap. I mean, I don't yeah. think And he had a career before K-pop, which is so funny. Oh, really? That's yeah. really cool. I feel like I need, we need, to, oh my God, we should do a special episode on only one of i feel like they deserve it yeah they actually really like their music i yeah. think that they are actually talented and to ash's point earlier about they're they're still doing the boy love concept i actually think one thing is interesting about this group is that i i'm not in the business of assuming people's sexualities i am however in the business of saying what to me feels like queer baiting and nothing they've done feels like queer baiting it feels very genuine and the fact that they're still doing it years later and they even do it on their b-sides like stuff that they don't promote i think and and it's not just about what it's like to be a man who loves a man they do they do a lot of stuff involving sex but not in this way of that i feel like a lot of what nat was saying a lot of k-pop groups do it they do it in a way that's almost like a personal reaction to sex if that makes sense it is a a very kind of mature take on, not to sound fake but it is kind of a, a mature take on it yeah and part of that is because they're like nat was saying their leader was born in 92 but like they their leader had a career before or, or not their leader but the oldest member had a career before this and he was like a, a stand-up comedian and how does this all relate point is is all of them are kind of coming from a certain background mm-hmm. to where i feel like and they they like create the music together i don't know i i think that it, it just kind of feels like it's coming from a place of like we're actually wanting to discuss this and not sugarcoat it you know what i mean we just kind of yeah. call it what it is and i think that's what makes it feel better than i don't know 
like what's a group i feel like there's been a lot of groups that do these like sexy concepts and it just doesn't feel it feels like people who are virgins who don't know what they're talking right. about yeah that's what i'm saying like with the relationship stuff it's not that it was sex being implied or mentioned it was that like it looks like the the two guys were genuinely in like a realistic relationship like yeah they were doing things that people realistically do in relationships not the cutesy eggio filled stuff that we typically get yeah i think it i think because the video itself like i mean i know i said that they were very explicit in the fact that like they were had sex so it was just like the day after no it was clear like I, it was I, clear. that was obvious but, yeah. but the focus was never on that it was on the intimacy between the two characters and i think that right maturity and the fact that whoever directed and wrote the scripts for this music video really understood that the focus should be on the intimacy and the relationship and the emotions between the two characters and it could be any characters it could be two men two women a man woman whatever you identify like it doesn't matter it felt that it could be any person however you identify, who was in that kind of situation because it was about the emotions and the intimacy. And, you know, the actors did a really good job with it. And I, I liked it. I thought the song was pleasant on top of it. On top yeah. of the fact that visually I liked what I was seeing, I also really, like, I felt like the music helped you engage with it more. Yeah. It, like it went really well with it. That's why I said we should watch, we should do maybe a mini song. Yeah, you, you have a way of putting my thoughts into words that makes oh. me feel like you're my soulmate. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I was trying to get at is like their music feels like kind of like all of their music to me that I've heard yeah. feels like it comes from this place of these are just things that people go through and we're just talking about it. Yeah. And they do it through this boy love lens, of course. I have, I mean, there's a ton of reasons why they might be doing that. I don't really know. I don't think there's a problem personally. I don't, it doesn't make me feel like grossed out or anything <laughs> or like, like they're doing something wrong or bad, but I'm just saying that they just, they kind of talk about these very like regular things, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like it, like, I don't know, Blackpink always stunting on me, you know, like they want me to taste the pink venom. And it's, Espa really yeah. be st- stunting on me. And I'll be like, sometimes I don't want to be stunting it on. Sometimes I want to just relate to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, honestly, to tie it back to Jin's song, I feel like Jin's song was kind of like that as well. It was more, it was less about, like, obviously the music video was very pretty, but I felt it was more of a mood than it was else. It was just a pleasant feeling. Yeah. That's what the song yeah. brought about. And I think with the song specifically and the you know, accompanying music video, it wasn't giving queer bait. It wasn't giving, we're doing this because it's popular and we know we're going to get clicks. It was giving like they actually cared about, you know, what they were trying to to portray in both the music video and also with the song. So, and they complimented each other very well. So I like it. Yeah. I, I like that. And the, like, and the whole series, when the whole series ends, we'll watch like all of them. Cause there's like supposed to be, I think, six music videos so okay yes definitely we should devote a mini so to one us oh sorry one of us only one of us it has has how many members i was gonna make a joke about how it has five members now yeah they have five members now Um, yeah so they they don't even have six members to make a series 
Only one of, yes. But yeah, that was, actually, I'm really happy that you added that to the list. That was a good song. And it was a good song to end on, I think. Yeah, good transition point. Yeah, so we're going to get to the topic. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I I will preface this to say that. um, I'll the watch together for the feature. Yes, yes. I I want to preface this. (laughs) Okay, five, four, three, two. I'm going to preface to say that not a lot of good things have been happening lately, guys. I'm sorry. I just, you know, it's it's just the way of the world right now. So the mood might not be as bright as it was recently. (laughs) And I do apologize, but we will definitely end on a more positive note. So just bear with us for most of the topics that are I'm going to share with you. So first we have VLive. As we all know, VLive was purchased by Hive and it is was always going to be folded into Weverse eventually. And now we have information on when that's going to happen. So let me just sorry, pull this up. So VLive will be officially terminating their service by the end of the year. And that is the end of 2022, guys. So basically from what I have seen and what I understand about it, if your artist is currently on Weavers, then there's no change, which makes sense. So as long as you still have your accounts, you I think you probably have to register with Weavers or whatnot, and then you're good to go. Nothing changes for you. Now, if your artist is no longer on Weavers, then you're shit out of luck. And likely all that stuff will be deleted. So People like me who are into groups like GOT7 <laughs> who have so much golden VLive content. Well, it's going bye-bye. It, unless fans have saved it. And I, I do assume that fans have saved it and archived it and put in a, like, a cool little Google Doc or whatnot. So, you know, I'm hoping that is the case. But for people who maybe don't have a huge fan base or don't have members of the fan base who can do stuff like that, who are not a part of Weaver's your shit will go by the wayside. And I was frankly very pissed when I heard about the news of Big Hit slash Hybe buying VLive because I hate monopolies, one. And two, uh, the thing that was magical about VLive is that it wasn't about a company. It wasn't about, you know, a specific generation. Everybody was free to be on VLive. Everybody was free to have content on VLive. And it felt like a multi-fans dream, you know? It was just so freeing, you know? And I hate that now it's going to be absorbed into the soulless monopoly basically this company that just buys shit to either dismantle it or act like it created it in the beginning. And yeah, I'm pissed. I'm still pissed. So do you guys have any feelings on this by any chance? Okay, I guess not. So so with VLive and Weaver, so now Weaverse is going to have, I guess, that's going to be like the main place the idols are going to be doing these kind of video chats and things is my understanding. Well, different, there are other platforms like universe is another platform that exists as well too, that was created after I think big hit after Weverse was created. I think universe was created right after. And so like, 
there are places that you can go, but it's based on like the companies that are signed with it. It's not like something like VLive where anybody can go there. It didn't really matter. Your company didn't have to sign up for it to put you on it. You basically just, you know, like it was the place to be for K-pop, you know? K-pop. It's not like with Reverse where you know you have to be one of the com- one of the groups under these umbrella companies or you know you sign a contract to have your you know Weverse be your online platform. It's the same thing with Universe. Like Universe has specific artists. I think they have like Starships there and they have some other companies I guess on it as well too. But it's it's based on like it's it's more segmented. It's more based on the company than it is on like the genre, I guess, or the umbrella term of K-pop. And the thing is, universe, like, really wasn't even just only about K-pop. They had, like, tons of, like, East Asian and, like, Southeast Asian celebrities who did, who also promoted and, and did things on there. And they had a lot of, like, makeup shows and beauty shows and stuff like that, too. So it wasn't really just the music. It was multi-purpose. But once again, it was just a place that anybody could go to. It didn't matter who you signed with or, you know, what company you're under it was just anybody could go and it was just a great resource in that sense but unfortunately it is now under weverse and also all i hear about universe i'm sorry about weverse is that like it's janky that's the only thing i hear about that site so i definitely would never sign up for it unless yeah, Justin yeah. Jung signs up for it i used it once i okay. forgot what it was for but i remember using it and it was just yeah, I feel like the video quality could have been better. And I don't know, it just seems very not well. I feel like if it's going to be their main platform, hopefully they'll, you know, have it in better shape by the time all of this goes through. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Okay, fine. <sighs> so next, one us is Raven leaves the group. So as hinted, earlier one us had a its member raven had some sort of situation that came up earlier where some a fan i believe who had been dating him or allegedly dating him said that he had been abusive i believe is is the story there and then oh no yeah i it from what I was reading in the initial statement when it first came out, it was definitely not something as simple as, you know, using fans for, you know, merch or some shit like that. Like, even though that was also a problem that had been mentioned, whereas where on the app, I don't know if it was Bubble or whatnot, he had posted like really expensive goods on there with basically the intention and the intention was for fans to buy it for him and honestly i i mean who doesn't like chanyo does that suho was doing it for a while like a lot of people do it in terms of like these k-pop idols and the fans do buy them expensive things so i don't really see a problem with that in my opinion because at the end of the day you just don't have to buy it it's it's completely up to you you know what i mean so basically an anonymous individual claiming to be raven's ex-girlfriend posted a long detailed account about their involvement on twitter and they alleged that throughout their two-year relationship raven had repeatedly cheated on her while making her pay for everything she also claimed that when they first met he had gotten her drunk to the point where she was not fully conscious and that there was some sa involved so 
Yeah, and she also posted an audio clip of Raven using violent language while talking about another ex-girlfriend who had made him angry, saying that he wanted to stab her, basically. So there was a lot in that. And then, you know, obviously their company, which is Mama Moo's company, RBW, made a statement and said they're going to sue and they're going to look into this and blah, 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 blah. And then they actually put him on a hiatus initially. At the beginning, he wasn't kicked out. It was, you know, I guess through their initial checks of what was the truth from what wasn't the truth. And it was decided. They said it was decided and that he had asked to leave, not that he had been kicked out, but that they were still going to investigate this further to get to the truth. And they said it was like, there was some clear editing, I guess, with the clip that they had put out. But I did see that one of the other 1S members was on like VLive or something like that and talking about like, we're five members now, get used to it. <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, ooh, so there might be some truth to this because he sounded angry. Like he did not sound like somebody who was sad about losing a member. So I don't know. But also they are literally on tour. Like they or they no they aren't on tour sorry they're preparing for their tour so their tour is going to be in january and february of next year so it's a very stressful time for them i assume and that might have also influenced that but yeah so now they're a five member group raven i didn't know you until this and now i kind of wish i didn't know you so all right yeah oh my goodness i think like actual human garbage if true yeah, Wait, if true, it's true right well we don't know we can't we can't we, we can't we have to say alleged yeah we do say um, alleged but <laughs> we say alleged uh, for everything <laughs> we, we literally say allegedly so much it, it has no meaning <laughs> so, yeah, I know, but we, do, we still don't want to be sued so we're we don't want to be sued about that. But, <laughs> yeah. i didn't even realize that these were the allegations to be honest i yeah. i just thought i thought it was like a bullying scandal which is still bad Right. I believe he's so bad. I did not know that. It, I guess I, I just, I don't know. I've been kind of disconnected. So yeah. Interesting. No, I mean, I get it. And when I first saw the allegations, cause they were so dark, to be honest, I was just yeah. like, Ooh, let me just mind my business because this might, this really doesn't have anything to do with me. But anyways, yeah, it's, it is pretty, pretty gross. So Next. So I don't know if you guys have been following a lot of the Luna stuff that's been going on this year, because there's a lot. Basically, Blockberry's a mess, and they have run those poor girls straight into the ground with this tour that they've had and their comeback and them being on Queendom. And she was saying that she never got paid a couple months ago or a month ago or something like that. So it's been actually like a total mess. Was it you? Or was it one of the other members? Was it Haitian? Somebody in Luna said that they hadn't been paid yet, which is insane when you think about how long they've been active as a group. Like, so, haven't, haven't, like, in the entire time they've been active or for a specific project? No, since the, since they've been active. Girl, what? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to victim blame, so I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say her parents need to be smacked. How do you, like, how do you know that, I don't know, at some point you would think to be like, where's my money, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, 
it's alleged. <laughs> yes. I'm talking like it's fact. I need to stop doing that. Okay, so basically I was right. So Yojin is is Yojin that said that said it that the Yojin? girls spelled yeah. name. Yojin? Y E O J I N. Yojin? They have a member called Yojin. <laughs> Isn't that she? Is, I think wow, she's the shortest young. I think she's the shortest math mate, if I remember correctly. Oh, Anyways, so basically, I don't know what she was doing. She was on oh the messaging app Fab. I've never even heard of this one. I guess this is like this is Bubble's competitor. I guess. Anyway, so is Bubble? Oh, that's like a messaging service with idols and celebrities. Now that's really popular in Korea, and they like basically text message. It's it's like yeah. It's a message service. It's not like cow talk. No, like this is this is a paid service that fans pay for. Oh, fans can talk yeah. to their faves. Okay, that, I thought yeah, you were saying like it's a regular messenger service. Oh no, 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 like, no, no, no. It's like yeah, it's a paid service where the where the idols usually like put messages up and then they see the responses and they get back to them and if they want or whatever. But anyway, so yeah, she said that in. She has yet to receive any earnings from her agency following Luna's official debut. So they've been active for six years. I mean, you got, if that is true. Yeah. One, terrible on Blackberry's part. Two, that's the long game. That's the scam of the century. You, you gotta, you, at a certain point, like, come on, you're not getting paid. You know, you're doing work why like it's am i right or am i wrong is there something like am i a bad person for saying this no no it's like the thing is it's not even the first time that i've heard of idols like i'm pretty sure ashley cho said that with her group who's her group called again i can't remember the name of her group but they never got paid i know that with aoa it took until maybe like around like a cat for them to get paid. So it's, there's a lot of groups like Nine Muses. I I would be very, very surprised if they got paid in their like 10 year career. Okay. Because a lot of the money that the company makes goes back into their living arrangements. So they never pay for things because the company pays for their shit. Right. So that they use that as the grounds to keep the money. And K-pop is very expensive on top of that. Like it's a very expensive business. And so a lot of these companies, they make money, but not nothing compared to what they have to put in for like these MVs that we watch and things like that. So, I mean, I could say like Luna for me personally, because they toured and they toured internationally, it's kind of surprising that they didn't make any money or that their contracts are not written in a way where they make certain amount in domestic and certain amount in international activities because that's how the big companies are done like i'm pretty sure like i know about sme but i know with jype and with yge they the artists make more money internationally or they used to i don't know if they've changed but they make more money on their international schedules than they do on domestic schedules and that's why with got seven got seven made so much money because they were making so much money internationally even though they weren't that big in korea so they were able to capitalize on it see now i'm curious as to if the other girls are reporting something similar because if this is just something that she's saying you could kind of see that like this kind of i don't know like i'm just skeptical on how i 
feel about it because it's, if it's only her saying this, it makes me wonder. Well, are you just saying this? Like, is there actual validity to it? And if there is actual validity to it, and it's still only her. Then that brings up a host of other sketchy questions. You know what I mean? Well, I I don't know if any of the girls outside of Chu have individual contracts to be making money outside of her. If you know what I mean, I I feel like because even in terms of subunits and stuff like that, everybody got a subunit, even though they weren't all as successful as maybe like Odd Eye Circle, they were all still doing the work. So I would really you're saying, are you saying that she's the only one that was making money outside of Luna? Who? The girl who's complaining? No, 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 no. I'm saying that I don't see how she could not be making money if other members are making money because right yeah yeah because the thing is that the only person that I know of who has contracts like solo contracts is Chu. Got so, it. Got it. Okay. So yeah, everybody else is basically just doing the same work at the end of the day. So I if she if she says she's not making money and if that's true, then it's true that the other members are likely also not making money. Even Chu who basically has been working her ass off, you know, trying to get these solo contracts and make Luna a thing. But talking about Chu, so Chu allegedly set up her her own agency. So that is something that's been in the works for Next a while. She's going to be dating Condin, y'all. <laughs> so Chu's mother is reportedly reported to be the company's director. Mm. And... In in response to the report, a representative from BlockBerry Creative shared, we are, we're not aware of this. We are checking the facts and the rumors of her transfer. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. We are not aware of this. So we're checking the facts. (laughs) It's such a K-pop response to me, honestly. But I mean, Chu has been trying to get out of that contract for a while because, you know, and honestly, it feeds back into the fact that they, she's likely not getting money either. Like that's wasn't SM supposed to buy Luna, like buy them out of their contract so that they could be SM artists? Um, I don't know. I think that Lee Suman just had a thing, like he he had an affinity for that group. I don't know why, but a lot of people thought that he wanted to destroy them <laughs> so that his new group has fun. <laughs> because they feel uh, that that would be very pretty. They feel but, that's what he did with with Infinite when EXO debuted, right? So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I honestly wish Luna like Luna and Chu all the best because this sounds so messy. I never hear any good news from Block about Blockberry and the way that they manage this group that is doing pretty well for themselves, you know, like not being from a big company, being such a big ass group. Yeah. Yeah, Like, holy shit. But it's just unfortunate, especially if they're not getting paid. Can you imagine? I'm going to have to wash Nat's mouth out with soap. (laughs) using all these profanities in front of the children yes the children i'm sorry but i don't like it i don't like it blackberry if this is true yeah i mean weren't people saying in the beginning that they were like a money laundering company or something because of all the money that they spent (laughs) that's so funny i mean maybe it is true maybe because they were like blackberry was like an arms dealer, no? Like, weren't they into weapons and shit? What? <laughs> like, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay, I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere that Blotberry, they made their money before turning to K-pop with weapons or something like that. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, every day. maybe I am wrong. Or maybe it might have been the investment came from like weapons or something. I don't know. But that's, I remember that was definitely a rumor that kind of <laughs> came out in the beginning. So anyways, good luck to Shu is what we, we're, we're sending positive energy towards her because she deserves it. She's so lovely. So next, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip over the next topic just to okay. mention something that's a little bit less heavy before we get into it, the stuff. And that's about Cube and Lightsum. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys even know what Lightsum is. I think uh, we've talked about this before. Maybe. Yeah, so Lightsum... Oh, yeah, we did. We I think we featured them earlier, maybe last year or something. So Lightsum is, was a an eight-member group under Cube. And they basically have decided at Cube to reorganize the group. And that reorganization led to this eight-member group becoming a six-member group. And basically, there's a departure of Huion and Jian from the group. And yeah, there's no reason. There's no rhyme. We have no idea what... <laughs> like, it came out of left field and it sort of just... Like, there's no real explanation is that... But some of the rumors on the streets and these are alleged guys, is that Cube is retooling Lightsum to make their image sexier in order to sell more. And so that, that's why they got rid of the two youngest members. And I mean, oh, I, I can see that. I, I can see that happening because that's kind of what happened with CLC. If you think about it, CLC came out with Pepe, which was really fresh and cute and fun. And then mm-hmm. what happens? They weren't selling. So they went to Huna and came out with Hobgoblin. And after that, they were like a sexy group. So well, the oldest not- member was only born in 2002. So, and the, the Magne was born in 06. So yeah, get rid of her. I mean, that's child. 05, get rid of her too. Let me see. The leader was born in 2004. Like, yeah, but I think can- getting, getting rid of those two would be getting rid of the under 18 members. So they don't Sure, have- but, but then... The leader is still literally just turned 18. Just, like this this child was born in born on September 4th. She just turned 18. Yeah, but and over the age of 18. So that's Well, right. But then, <laughs> if that's the case, it's why not just wait the extra year for a old girl to turn 18 in August. It just it's a, I just think it's weird. It's a little bit like timing it. Yeah. Which feels very gross. Not good to me. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, I get that. I mean, but it makes sense from the, like, if you think about how a lot of these managers and CEOs for these K-pop companies think, it would make sense. Like, mm-hmm. that they would just jettison the under 18 members and, and go the sexy route and be like, well, they're all adults. Can't ex- Accuse us of sexualizing minors. <laughs> so... And it's so calculated and gross, but, you know, I, I definitely see it yeah. being a thing that has hap- that would happen, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I didn't really connect with Lightsome, but it is kind of unfortunate that they just dropped these two girls and didn't just retool them. Maybe for right. like another com- another group or something. Like, like a another group. concept, like an NCT Dream. Yeah. Or Lightsome Dream. 
Yeah. Or just made them a duo, you know, maybe do something yeah. like that. I just like to completely drop two members just because, you know. You I think it's something that's eventually going to change about them anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once again, it's the rumor on the street. Who knows? But yeah, sorry about all of this, I guess, for the Lightsome fans. I don't know what their fandom name is. Let me look it up. Summits. Yeah. So sorry to the Summits and sorry to Hyun and Jian. But they will continue as a six-member group. And yeah, that's that. All right. So Omega X. Now, I know that everybody should know about Omega X at this point because it was international news. It was literally on like American news sites and things. So yeah, basically that's, I I mean, I don't, I can really go into it, but I'm just going to summarize and say that there was video of the CEO of Spire Entertainment who were and the CEO was being abusive towards Omega X and people were not having this because you know, abuse is not great. And basically it, you know, became, as I said, an international story because then other people started coming out with like videos or just stories or situations where they thought things were kind of weird between the staff and the CEO with Omega X, but you couldn't really put your finger on it. And then after the news had blown up, while Omega X was on tour, mind you, and they were also being run straight into the ground by all accounts, the CEO and the staff left for Korea and they left Omega X stranded in America. And it was basically up to Omega X and their parents to get their plane tickets so that they could go home because their company abandoned them because of the scandal. And I know that the CEO tried to, you know, her whole deal was that her father had passed away and she couldn't go back to Korea because of this tour. And I guess she took it out on the boys, but that's not an excuse. Like, didn't see myself any physical assault or not physical assault physical you know abuse thank you I cannot find that word for some reason but I did hear what was said and the things she said to them were just like wow like I just wow first and foremost like just let's just say first first off no boss should ever like no manager or you know anybody in position of authority you should never feel so comfortable with your employees to where you feel can even dare speak to them in the way that she was speaking to these these let me see how old these people are these men sorry the oldest member was born in 95 so he's older than me so i can't even so the way she was speaking to these men right and then you know there's also the fact that so it's it's unprofessional for starters. Yes. So if I'm if I'm any other entity in Korea, I don't even want to work with her and her in her company because it's it's a bad look. It's unprofessional. And obviously it's like abusive and all that, but we've discussed that and I also don't really know if kind of harping on that is good for anyone's mental health, you know, no. content warning. I guess we should have put that at the beginning, but you know, we don't I just want to kind of reframe the conversation to not focus as much on the actual things that were happening. And then on top of that, it was just, some of the things she was saying was like, 
didn't even make sense. She said, you guys never cared about me. And I'm like, do they get paid to care about you? Right. Some, some of it just felt like a very, very much of a like crossing a line from professional to personal that I don't know what fly over here. Like you could, we were talking earlier about if Simon Cowell ever said any of those things to One Direction, the Directioners would be on it. Mans would not have a job. And I feel like, look, look at me picking up some of Nat's speech patterns. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of a symptom of East Asian, like, what's it called? Hierarchy? Yes. Culture. There's just a lot of emphasis on like the older you are, the more of respect you can command, especially in, in the higher you are in a like a corporate ladder, the more respect you can command. And mm-hmm. oftentimes it's not really respect that you're getting from your employees. It's fear. Like they're scared Absolutely. of you Absolutely. and you hold power over them. You're in a position of authority. And it's even to little things. I was having a conversation, you know, with someone who was like, yeah, you know, in Korean culture, you can't like, if you go out to happy hour with like, your company, you can't leave until the most senior person in the group leaves. Yeah. Like you can't just get up and leave. Like, your CEO has to leave first. If, if you're out with a CEO and it's just little things like that. And I, I'm not here to criticize the culture as it were. I'm here to criticize what it, what some of the expressions of that and, and what that leads to, which is often these abusive situations and leaving them stranded. I didn't even know that part of the story. That is, that is wild. Now I, one thing I will say is like, they are grown men. So on the one hand, it's like they can get back to Korea. You're 27 years old. You, you can get back home. But at the same time, it's like, I can understand how that would be jarring if you're in a country you've never been before, probably. You don't speak the language. So no matter how old you are, it's still an uncomfortable feeling. And you also probably don't have the company credit card anymore to just swipe, you know, where wherever. I don't know how, like, the how that all works, you know, when you're because managing when you're an artist on tour, like you're not necessarily always, for example, I highly doubt Beyonce is carrying around her own credit card. <laughs> She's not carrying her own cash. She's she, not. No, she uses the Ivy Park credit card or whatever. Like she's not carrying around her but even purse. literally yeah. she's not carrying it julius is yeah. carrying it for her you're right like, you're right he's got her purse <laughs> in his hand you know what i mean and i'm not and obviously they're not beyonce level but i just i could definitely see a situation where they would probably not have resources on them and so yeah. it's very messed up for her to leave them like that like these are things that i didn't yeah. even know that you know were happening but it's just like, it just makes me feel for them yeah. yeah, it makes sense to me also, like, mm-hmm. you're you're talking about them being old enough to get their way home. But if you think about it, and I don't know their specific situation, but a lot of these trainees, like, there's a reason why they get them when they're young. They take them away from home. They take away their phones. They're completely dependent on the company for everything after that. So I can under, I can see how if you spent your teen years, your young adult years being dependent on this body of people to drive you places they have everything scheduled down to the minute when you can eat when you can go here go there that probably does a lot as far as you know maybe possibly delaying your ability to function as an independent adult 
I, yeah, yeah, Ash, that's an excellent point and that, that I didn't even think about. But when you said that, I was immediately thinking about there's a video of Taman when he was on his first tour a couple of years ago and he's in the car and he's talking with his manager about what he has to do. And it just struck me as very like innocent because he just seemed so it almost sounded like he was talking to his parents. I'm like, okay, mom or dad, what are we doing today? You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's totally something I like, wow, very astute observation and and kind of connecting that in. And and honestly, when you put it in those words, it does make me feel even more because it's depending on how long they trained with this woman or trained at this company, they have, they literally grew up there. And on the one hand, it's like, this is a conversation for another time, but I do want to mention this. At some point, we need to start looking at parents who let who you know let their kids go and train, and we need to start asking them a whole lot of questions because you're literally letting your child have a like a job. It is more than a nine to five, and on top of going to school. So, what kind of parent are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you doing? But that's a whole other conversation. I actually have two points to that. Yeah. One. So Omega X is a special sort of situation, I will say, because almost all of the members, if I recall correctly, are from other groups that just never did well. So this is kind of like a second chance group for a lot of these these members. And I think that's why they probably put up with the abuse or the alleged abuse for as long as they have, because like this is for a lot of them, just like their last chance saloon, right? So there's that. But also too, Ashley, just randomly off topic, but I was watching a video the other day on TikTok culture, especially with videos that feature where parents feature their children. Uh-huh. And it came about, like somebody had linked it in a Twitter thread because somebody, some TikToker had gotten an anonymous letter from a child who is i guess whose parents have them do these tiktok videos or one some shit like that and they hate it they basically said like i am an employee my parents are my employer i never got to sign a contract i never got to say that i wanted to do this i'm stuck because they're allowed to make money off of me and i have no say in it and i'm not saying that k-pop is exactly the same as that because you know the kids do want to become celebrities. They do want to become idols, right? But I just feel like a lot of the things that kids go through in order to debut, I don't think that they sign up knowing that that's what's going to happen. And I don't think any adults are fully explaining that to them either. And that's like, this is just as a trainee. This is not even like what you have to go through when you debut. You finally do debut and you never sleep. You're starving yourself all the time. Like all of the stuff that's happening to you, it, like we hear all these horror stories. And I think a lot of times we forget that this stuff is actually happening to kids. Some of them are preteens. Most of them are teenagers. So when we hear about a lot of these horror stories, it's happening to children. It's not happening to a 23-year-old who's trying to find their way in LA or New York or whatever, right? And I think it's it's like that, when I think about it in that way, it's no wonder that so many of them are so fucked up. And not only that, but it's so- Wow. It's, but a lot of them, they have like this arrest development about them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and- Well, you know, it's like, with, what did it, who said it, Sistar? They were like, you know- they would never date an idol because they're either like they're either going to take advantage of the power dynamic or they're weird because 
you know, they're, they're literally fucked up. Like they don't have any interactions with normal human, people. like normal human. Yeah. Life. I've heard yeah. people say that a lot of idols are socially awkward. Yeah. And they, it's weird cause I, I, <laughs> I weirdly like, I can really connect with it. Like that, that's actually like something that I can connect with, but it's sad. And also I have so many thoughts about this. First, Nat, like all these points you're making, it's funny because I, not funny, but like weird because like this day and age, you can't say that without people saying that you are like, what's the word? Like you're stereotyping Korean like culture is like, you're making it seem like Korean culture is the boogeyman and, and Western <laughs> culture is the right way. Like that, that's a new rhetoric for real. Like they're saying, when people say the dark side of K-pop, it's like you're basically, you know, making it seem like, Korea can't handle its own shit or something like that. I just know that that's a common thing I've seen lately on the internet. But mm-hmm. also, like, to your point about the idols being vulnerable, I, I one thing I started thinking about after I started saying, you know, we got to criticize the parents is, honestly, the parents are probably kind of vulnerable, too. Because like, you're kind of promising somebody's kid that you can change their life, basically. Yep. And especially now that, like, BTS kind of... It, was a thing. Yeah. Like a lot of parents are probably starting more and more parents are probably starting to see idol life as viable, especially another like a huge aspect to this is the Korean economy because the economy is kind of shaky right now. A lot of parents are like, Hmm, like, Maybe this idol thing, we should give it a try. And, or sometimes it's like, you know, if you're, if you, you know, you're older in Korea, we already know the debt crisis and all of that. It's like, you're in a position now where it's like, you have to really start making some decisions. And if your kid is, you know, cute and vaguely talented, you're probably going to send your kids a train. And I don't know. It, there, I feel like there's so much of this that like, we can talk about and go into different directions about this yes. really interesting to think about because it, it's bringing up like even though i'm having these criticisms i'm starting to realize that maybe i'm being a little unfair because there are elements to this that are go a lot deeper than just k-pop kid wants to dance and parent is like a terrible parent and letting yeah. the kid Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I think that there's a huge difference between TikTok parents and parents of idols or trainees. Like I think that there's a huge, huge difference. I think there might be some similarities in some cases, but I, I do think that there's like a wide ocean between the two. Because as you mentioned, like being an idol in, you know, Korea or in Southeast Asian Southeast Asia and East Asia at this point is a job. It's, a it's like job. a real job. It's like a nine yeah. to five. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's as viable as getting into Seoul university at this point, you know, like, so yeah. I definitely like, I'm not trying to criticize the parents in this the case as well too. Oh, I but, was, but I, I'm yeah. retracting now. Like yeah. I'm going back on that point. Yeah. But like, I just wanted to kind of put that out there because you know, I do think, as I said, there's a bit of arrested development. And on top of that too, when you go to like, I would assume because Omega X is still a young, like, even though the idols in Omega X debuted earlier, some, most of them, I think Omega X as a group is still pretty new. Like, I'm pretty sure they were a COVID group, uh, yeah, that were. came out during that era. We, they were yeah, like our we first future group, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I do, I do think in that sense, what made the whole leave, like leaving them stranded in America thing that was was really, really egregious to me was the fact that most managers hold on to your passport 
and your documents when you travel. So that was like the really fucked up thing. Cause I was like, do they leave them stranded and did not, and they didn't give them back their identification and all of that kind of stuff. Cause that could have really caused like a situation for them, especially since they purposely left them there. So to be petty, you could have purposely left them there without their identification. But thankfully they were, you know, able to get money so that they could go back to Korea. But it's, it's not a good situation either. Like, I don't, I just don't know how you come out of this type of situation outside of the CEO resigning and stepping down and not having contact with those boys. That's the only thing that would make me okay with moving forward, you know, like, and I'm not even an Omega X fan, you know, but that would be the only way that I could see them coming out of this in, in some shape. But the CEO... Well, and then, I, I was going to say, and then the, it brings up real questions too, though. If you're a fan of Omega X, how do you, how do you express that you support them and that you still love them without directly, you know, without directly, what's the word I'm looking for? Like compensating the CEO, you know what I mean? And the company that put them in this position, it's a tough thing. Cause it's like, you want to, you would probably want to keep supporting them, but you also don't want to support the CEO and, and what, and what they've done to them. Right. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why for me as an outsider, I guess I was kind of like, the only way that I could see that this goes forward smoothly is if the CEO resigns. But the CEO seems like from from all of the things that she's been saying since then, it like she's defiant, basically, and being like, oh, they never asked me how I'm feeling. I had a nosebleed yesterday well, and I had a horrible day. <laughs> I mean, Girl. if they even get paid at this point, because I mean, if Luna's not getting paid, they're definitely not getting paid. Oh, they're so, definitely not getting paid. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's one of those things where you're like how much more exploitive, you know, is K-pop going to be if you're not from a big group, like a big company I met where like they at least have set standards, you know, like they're not great. Like no one's, I'm not saying that, you know, it's like the best company uh, ever. Yes, anything, SME, but, the yeah. pinnacle of employee satisfaction. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying that at least they have certain standards that allow yeah. for, you know, decent well and part of that is like market accountability i feel like yeah. because sm is so visible yeah if anything were to get out it's like they are immediately gonna be under scrutiny and they can't really afford that sme is also such an international company that they just literally cannot afford any pr disasters of that of that caliber yeah so yeah. Anyway, it's really messy, but we'll definitely keep you guys updated on everything that's going on with Omega X. Hopefully this horrid woman goes away and leaves these poor boys alone and they can continue doing what they love, which is make music. Anyways, so do we want to go with more heavy stuff or do we want to lighten it up or do you want to lighten it up at the end? We'll lighten it up at the end. Okay. So as everyone is aware, there was a situation in Itaewon on Halloween nights. A lot of celebrators were on the streets and there were a large crowd of people who were celebrating on the streets of Itaewon and that led to stampeding and that unfortunately led 
to injuries and the passing of, I believe the numbers are at about 150 now, but who knows if that will sort of cease or if that will continue as, you know, the injured are being taken care of. And it was such a horrible thing to see on the timeline. And I know that there were a lot of videos being passed around and thank God nobody on my, who that I follow was sharing any videos, but there were some very graphic scenes coming from Korea at that point. And it, it was just such, such a tragedy, such senseless, senseless tragedy. Obviously, you know, we, our hearts are, you know, with the people of Ituan and Seoul and Korea at this time. And it's, it's just one of those things that, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what could have helped for sure. I know that there's a lot of people on the internet who have opinions on that, but it's, it's one of those just very, very tragic incidences that should not have happened. And I, you know, seeing a lot of people on the timeline being like, you know, if anybody's seen this person, please let me know. And, and knowing that it was actually like more international news at the beginning, because most of Korea was asleep as it happened at night. So the fact that a lot of people in Korea actually woke up to this news was just, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else really to say about that. Do you, do you have anything to add or... I would like to say, please, people, show some empathy and not try to center everything around an idol group or an artist. I understand they're probably dealing with their own feelings and, you know, what's going on right now. But and it's normal to be concerned about, oh, what if this person, you know, was involved? But please just show some general concern and feelings for others and just don't be insensitive so yeah yeah okay yeah i just yeah just echoing everything you all said our hearts go out to the families and you know everyone i just want to make one clarification it wasn't actually on halloween night I it was like it was on halloween night okay before halloween night because it was like Saturday here, so it would have been Sunday oh, yeah. there. I don't know why I thought the time difference. I was like kind of out. Like I was, yeah. No, that makes sense. Because it would have been that night, the, the Sunday night for us here. But yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, Saturday night before Halloween is the party night for everybody. So yes, that makes sense. But yes, also, I, I when we do post this episode, we're going to definitely share some resource links for you know, foreigners in ET1 and just anybody who's affected by this as well, too. So you can definitely keep an eye for that when this episode when it's out. So, okay. So we are going to end a little bit on the light side because I feel like everything we've talked about today has been bad news. So just to lighten the mood a little bit, because, you know, life should be a little bit more upbeat if you can have it, obviously. We're going to talk a little bit about Blackpink. And my title, which I thought was very clever, was Blackpink's in our area looking janky. 
And I say that because a lot of the clips of Blackpink's concert have been less than stellar, definitely not displaying a group in its, what, like sixth or seventh year. And I just thought that that and the rumored beef between Alisa and Rosie was making this probably the most talked about Blackpink concert ever. So have you guys seen any of the clips of Blackpink on tour? I have. I I will give not on Gen- purpose. <laughs> I will give Jenny this. She at least looks like she wants to be there most of the time. And most of the errors I've seen have been from Rose, interestingly enough. But I mean, I feel like overall Lisa showed the most energy like she usually does, but at the same time it's it's like you said, you've been a group for six, seven years and you still look like you were just put together last year. It's just, I honestly do not get it. <laughs> I was actually really happy that I didn't score tickets to this concert because <laughs> I was actually going to see them in Hamilton. I was going to take my niece and I did it because the resale tickets were like crazy expensive. And I was just like, <laughs> not for Blackpink, <laughs> not going to happen. But then I saw their videos from that day one specifically in Seoul and it was just like a hot mess. I I did think that they they weren't synchronized. They weren't singing even most of the songs. Like Rosie would do the choreography for On the Ground and I'm like, you're just doing head movements on the ground. Like you could have sang all of this. Why did they have to take your mic so you could do hand movements on the ground? I just didn't understand that. For me, the worst were Jisoo and Rosie, but I feel like those are reoccurring problems that I always have in that Jisoo always just looks awkward. Like she doesn't, she, once she doesn't look like she's having fun, but she also just always looks awkward to me. And I told y'all she's the suck gin of that group. <laughs> she's like the odd one out. And, and then like Rosie, Rosie's problem is not that she doesn't want to be there or that she's lackluster. It's just that I personally think she tries too hard and that's why it comes across as really awkward because she doesn't, she's like a not, she's not a natural dancer, you know, in the same way that Lisa is a natural dancer or Jenny just looks good when she does everything. Like it, it just doesn't work, but I do agree. Jenny was given like she was there to have a good time and she was smiling she was dancing she was she was like whining a lot you know just for fun and she was very much excited to be there and you could hear her which i thought was very surprising but i mean lisa is just like a natural born performer she doesn't have to work very hard to just look good on stage it's just like something that she's good at so yeah, there's that. But then on top of that, we had rumors swirling that Lisa and Rosie, Che Lisa, as they're called, were beefing. And there was like, the thread is gone. I'm mad about that. But there was like a long ass thread that I was, that I did check out. And there were moments where they just wouldn't even touch each other. Even when they were supposed to like give each other like high fives or whatever, like they never connected. Or there was a part where they were, really stone faced with each other. And it got to a point where Jisoo looked like she had to straighten them out literally on stage while they were getting information. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were beefing. They've always been really, really super tight, but they admitted when they were trainees that they used to fight a lot. So 
maybe this is just like, you know, a spat, a best friend's spat. And they'll, you know, they've already started the propaganda. So I think they did spend time together on film (laughs) in New York or something. I don't know. In the States, they're on tour right now. So, you know, they're trying to make it seem like there's no beef between them. And allegedly from people who were at their most recent shows, they have been actually acknowledging each other on stage. I mean, I was kind of hoping for like a Taeyeon Jessica situation, but I guess, you know, they're, they've nipped that easily in the bud right away and they're not allowed to disrespect each other on stage and in, on camera. But yeah, of that, the Blackpink tour has been amusing from beginning to now. So I, I believe that we're definitely going to get more fun from them. I'm not saying that it's it's because the concert's amazing, fantastic, everyone's looking great, whatever. I, d- I doubt that's going to be a consistent <laughs> part of this tour. But I think the drama is what's going to make this the biggest tour of the year. Anything else that you guys have to add or want to add or anything that you want to say about what you've seen, you know, so far from the concert? All right. So I'll say and listen to Flo and I miss black girl groups. Oh, so. Flo's so good. Yeah. Flo is so, so good. I love Immature and Cardboy Box. Like those are my two favorite songs from them. But anyways, yes. <laughs> listen to Flo. Listen to some little mix as well, too. Since I mean, once you're there, you might as well. Anyways, let's get into our featured. So our featured group in this episode is Tempest. Tempest is a South Korean boy band under Yuaha Entertainment. The group is composed of seven members, Hanbin, Hyungsup, Hyuk, Lu, Horang, Eunchang, and Taedae. The group made their debut on March 2nd, 2022 with their debut EP called It's Me, It's We. I'm sorry, what? Anyways, um, we're going to check out two songs from them. We're going to check out Bad news and can't stop shiny. Okay, let's get into it. Where are these groups getting this money from? <laughs> I told you, K-pop is expensive. That's why I'm not surprised when a lot of these groups don't make money, or like these members don't make money. Money, I meant. Okay, they're for them kids, which we knew because. Well, you know, I'm trying to show some personality. I like it. Okay. They look so little in their clothes. Though. They do. Like, their clothes look way too big for them. Also, are those twins at that table? Or they that would so be similar. so cool. Yeah. Let me look K-pop up. K-pop twins. Yes. It would be first. That could be their little gimmick if they are twins. Is he Korean? I don't think he's Korean. Yeah. Plus, the guy with the white hair, I, he looks biracial too. Let's see. I'm going to do some research on that. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay. So I guess some of the, one of the members is a Produce 101. Oh, one of the members is from Vietnam. Okay. I was like, one of them is definitely Han not Bin. Korean. Yeah. Hanbin is from Vietnam. So that should be. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You learn new stuff every day. I'm trying to see if there are twins in here. So far, your theory is incorrect. Okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, I think that's Hanbin. I think that's Hanbin. Oh, no, that was Hanbin. The the last guy. Hmm. 
He had a Twitter before, and it's now inactive. It makes me wonder, what was he saying on that Twitter? I mean, it's probably, I know it's inactive because he debuted, but, like, now I want to know what kind of scandalous things he was saying. He held his first solo fan meeting in 2020 called Hanbin, I guess it's supposed to be 100%. You know what it probably is? It probably is he he was an idol in Vietnam. No, no, no. He was a contestant of Island, the Uh-oh. reality show that made in Hypen. So he was signed to Belift Lab, which is like a subsidiary of Hype. Okay. Did he make so a he, good decision, girls? Well, he didn't make Staying it in Hypen. He, he didn't make it in. So maybe he just assumed he'd never debut unless they made a new group. But so. he signed with this another company, right? That's literally not really the day after. Literally the day after. <laughs> he left. So, he lived lab. <laughs> that tells me he probably was also one of the better contestants if he had a contract lined up the next day. Oh, so another member, Hyung Sup, who was also on Produce 101. And you know the, the Produce members, they ranked pretty high, like 23 and 16, which is actually pretty good. But this guy, Hyung Sup, he trained with TXT's Yeonjin in Big Hit. So they're probably friends. Mm, Yanjun has too many friends. He uh. need to stop making friends. Okay. That was bad news. That's kind it of cute. It was a song that kind of basic. came out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so... All of the members on. were born within a two-year time frame. Time Which is kind of That's amazing. Wild. That's like New East. New East is like that. I think, like, only one member... Well, four years, I, I guess. Aaron, I think, was born in, like, 91... 93 or two or something like that. But all the other members of New West was born in 94. Like, every single member. It's crazy. One of the members, Horang, his role model is Cards Jisef. Girl. <laughs> but, but to be fair, Jisef from Card. So not, oh. not BM, the other guy. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. He was a trainee for seven to eight years and six of them were under DSP media. So he was a backup dancer for card. So that's why like his girl, his, talk about having <laughs> your childhood robbed. And he was born in tw- 2001 too. So he's like 21 and he did all this. <laughs> like, oh crap. I'm, I love finding out things about new idol groups. Like I just, I do like, I do really enjoy that. So yeah, I didn't mind it. It just was kind of generic. It was so basic. Yeah. 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 But I do like that they did seem to have personalities. And I guess when you see their resume, it makes sense. They weren't just literally just trainees and they debuted. They were actually doing shit and you know, performing think, in front I of a camera. I feel like that's getting more and more common. Like we, I noticed that a lot of the groups we've been looking at that debut that have debuted recently, it feels like they're a little bit more polished than what I was expecting, and I've noticed that a lot of them also used to, either used to be idols or they had like some career before this, which is weird to think about because they're all like born in two thousand one, but they had some career before this, and I wonder if that's on purpose in K-pop. Like, are we? Are we debuting people who have more of a established fan base? Like the like debuting yes. somebody who's on Island just feels like you're trying to get the Island fan base, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of I've noticed that a lot of the people who didn't make it into the final groups on these like produce shows as well, they just use whatever little fan base that they created through those shows 
to their advantage either as soloists or in groups. And I think that it's it's more profitable for these companies to have at least one or two members that are already known, that have fan bases, that have people that are willing to already spend money on them. Because once again, K-pop is a very expensive <laughs> business, okay? Like we were talking about budget, right? Like that music video, even that it wasn't, it was a pretty good music video for a debut. And I'm sure yeah. it costs probably in the millions for them to make. Just just because the cost of making K-pop music videos are expensive. So I would say, I would say mm-hmm. probably more like 50,000, to be honest. Like <laughs> I'm not saying it's really cheap. It's just, I just yeah. know how much music videos cost. Mm-hmm. And a million dollar music video is kind of, I feel like it's kind of rare. Really? Like, even mm-hmm. now with inflation and everything like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, especially poly, since music videos aren't a big deal like they used to be. Yeah, but I think that makes that might make them a little bit more expensive in Korea. Because they're like, that's basically where they're being made, and they want to keep a certain standard, you know? But, I feel I like, so, so I just did a yeah. quick Google search. This is by no means well research, but just to back up my own anecdotal experience and kind of confirm that it says the yeah. average budget for a studio sponsored music video sits around 200 to 500 K mm-hmm. average music video should cost about 10,000. And that's, that seems about right with kind of what I know anecdotally, like mm-hmm. you, there's just not, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, but they don't get paid that much. Like mm-hmm. crew on a music video, they're not getting paid very well uh-huh. <laughs> they're not they're getting paid like basic union rates which is not like what the what the top of the line people who are doing beyonce's videos or you know working on movies even are getting paid so oh that sucks anyway <laughs> all right next song is yeah. can't stop shining wonder if it'll be cute again let's see or inspirational Okay, I like inspirational. Oh, what, you know what? Symbolism here. I might have mixed up the Korean one with like actual US dollars. That might have been it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna yeah, say, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> is that a drum kit? Is somebody? Yeah, it looks like drums? it. Y'all know the best way, the fat, quickest way to my heart is to play some drums. Oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Every time I think of cereal in a K-pop video, I think of Just Right. Yes, me too. Like, I don't think anyone should ever have cereal in a music video because Scott Seven did it better. It's like their thing. Yeah. So how many times... Mm -hmm. Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I was like, I was going to say something stupid. Like, I wonder how many times that man had to throw that bowl of cereal in the air. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) um okay first things first that actual set looks like the one in got seven's latest music video one two does this not sound like something not shiny but i could see shiny doing something like that it reminds me of it reminds me of those kids bop commercials there's a song from one of those Kiss Bop commercials that it reminds me of. No, I feel like another group has done that, whatever they did in the chorus, but this is definitely oh, taken oh, from... Oh, it's just like magic. Yes, see, see, that, that is what it kind of reminded <laughs> me of. No, but there's something else. Like There is something else. That's why I'm like, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's a TXT thing. I know. 
some other group has done this. This before. is an SM thing. Like it, it yeah. is an SM group for sure. Yes, an SM sound. But was it right? shiny or EXO? I feel like it's shiny. I feel like Shiny has done something right. Like can this I before. get your number? Can I get your name? But can I get your number is not as no, no, no. It's the same sexy. melody, but yeah, this is very high school musical as well. <laughs> We're just throwing out everything. <laughs> I know. But this is definitely. Oh my god! Look, look at that. He set. looks like an anime boy. Does he not look like an anime character? Absolutely, absolutely. But look at this set. And look at GOT7 set for their last music video. It's almost identical outside of like, obviously their actual arrangement of flowers are a little bit different, but it's, they must have filmed it in the same place. It's crazy. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of a lot of uh, shiny sets from uh, the story of light. Oh, I can see that as well. Yeah. Also, when was the last time we saw boys on the beach? We always see girls on the beach, but we never see boys on the beach. That's true, actually. Hmm. You could definitely put these on for, like, you know, you know when your little cousins be coming over and stuff and you can't be playing the, like, you can't be playing the straight kids' taste, you know, you gotta put something <laughs> on for the kids. You could put this on. I mean, we do need more family-friendly music we do. in the world. Well, so. you know, that's why K-pop is, like, popular with the kids. Like, some of the adults I've known, they don't know much about K-pop, and they've heard of BTS. But the main thing, and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, another language, and it doesn't seem, you know, it seems wholesome. And so, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, my kids listen to that. I don't know what it is, but at least it's not, like, pop, you know. I feel like you know that's what? how I respect, like, I'll be honest. That's why I still like listening to K-pop. Sometimes I don't need to hear about how you did that to her and how it felt and where. Or, or so like, I don't need you know what? You know what music really is these days more so than like sex music to me these days is how depressed everybody is. I'm just so yeah. sad all the time. And sometimes I don't need to always be sad. So yeah. one thing I will give K-pop credit for, which <laughs> You know, ain't much. We try not to. One thing I will give them for, yeah, we try not to. But one thing I will give them credit for is while I don't think that the music is like morally better, I do think that it can be more family friendly. And sometimes you're in the vibe to like, like one of my favorite songs, like this is so, oh my God, I'm like really exposed myself. One of my favorite songs of, of like all time to sing is actually a song from a cartoon and it's called Daddy, Why Did You Eat My Fries? And it's not daddy, like the sexual daddy. It's like, she's actually talking to her dad, like, dad, why did you eat my fucking fries? Like I bought these fries, you know? And then like, and it, it, it's like from a cartoon and I just love the song or like the Spongebob Campfire song, like, or freaking Let It Go from Frozen. I don't know. Sometimes you just, you just need something that is positive and sometimes positive does also equal kind of immature but that's that can be okay well, like, see, that, i think that's one of the main reasons lizzo is so popular yeah, she, she makes happy music happy dancing that's music. true that's true yeah. that's why i like twice twice makes music that makes me feel happy and i can maintain being happy while listening to it because it's not depressing it's not dragging me down to the depths of like tartarus or anything like that it's just fun it's like empty no and i don't mean that negatively but like empty fun that's what you need sometimes especially in this 
really messed up place that we call Earth. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. I thought it was cute. I think it's really funny that like all this like 90s technology is just so popular now. Well, I, I would say actually I would argue that this is probably like late 80s, really. But it's really funny that this stuff is all so popular. And I'm just like somebody who's bo- actually did born I tell in the you 80s. how I was watching a show did I tell you how I was watching a show where one of the characters in the show was it's so it's like set in the 2000s and one of the characters mm-hmm. in the show was supposed to be using a flip phone but he didn't really know how know to how use to it. it and he got <laughs> yes, no direction on how to use it so it was so awkward and, and it's funny because the character like the actor who plays the character was born in 2005 so it was like oh my god That's I'm I'm so I need I need to turn this show off. <laughs> Honestly, flip phones are great because I, and that's why I love hand, like the old school, like handheld ones, or even like the ones that you kind of ring. I just really like that you can put emotion into using the telephone. These <laughs> devices that we have, no, but these devices that we have, they're kind of just dull and boring, you know, like just many things. With a flip phone, you can slam that. With the actual phone, with the receiver, you can slam that down. I mean, I'm not throwing my $1,000 phone at the wall. But I will throw that $35 phone <laughs> with the receiver at the wall. You know, I just miss, I miss the drama of it all. I miss the, the yeah. personality, you know? Remember when three-way was introduced and people would pretend not to be on the line while you call other people? Like, messiness from the night. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I, oh, man, you're taking me back. <laughs> but anyways, Tempest, I actually kind of like Tempest. I feel like they're not doing anything super remarkable or fantastic, but I like that they came out of the gate with personalities and with a bit of a polish, but not like a, like we practice a lot. Like this wink that I did was practiced five times before I got it right. I didn't feel like it was that kind of polished. I feel like they under, like the members specifically that, you know, are seasoned or, you know, I feel like they, felt authentic when they were you know doing their thing so i don't know i like it the music was inoffensive it was kind of catchy and fun and yeah i'm I'm interested to see what they come up with next what about you guys their type of music is not really my jam but i will say i think it's like the two mvs and the songs that they came out with fit them really well i feel like at least it seems like it comes naturally to them so you know i think that you know, that's a good thing and it gives them an identity, you know, if they decide to keep with that same concept, which I hope they do, because I cannot see them doing a dark concept this early. But yeah, it was, I, you know, I think it was good for them. You know, I think they'll definitely get fans with this. So, yeah. Any last words about Tempest? Nope. Okay. Fair. Anyways, that has been the episode. Thank you once again to all the listeners. Please do not hesitate to share thoughts and opinions. You don't have to agree, uh, but you do have to be respectful. <laughs> and you can reach out to us via Gmail at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. On Twitter at Nyan Edizens. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram at NotYourAverageNetizens. Any shout outs before we go? Yeah. If you guys listen to us on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or wherever, and you feel like you particularly like something in an episode or whatever, feel free to write a review or leave us a star, a rating or a star rating or something. Those help a lot in getting 
podcast, you know, more views and more exposure. And it's nice also to see what you guys think of us. So yes, I'd like to give a shout out to all the listeners. Thank you guys for sticking with us. And if you have anything, any opinions, anything you like or don't like, please let us know. I want to give a shout out to our patrons for being there since day one. Shout out to shout out to all of the the fellow hosts. Y'all are incredible. I always have a good time with y'all. And I also want to shout out to my one of my favorite actors right now. First, Canapan. He's just so adorable and just amazing he he had something like something there was like something that happened over the past couple of weeks and i hope it's not affecting him too much because it's kind of messed up if you know you know if you don't google but yeah i think that's really it and no this is not a pair it sounds it sounds like a parasocial relationship doesn't it i mean if you guys are part <laughs> of our patreon then you would hear us talking very openly about parasocial relationships that we may or may not be in. So just check out our Patreon is only $3 a month. And, you know, we are supposed to be doing some live streams, not gonna lie, but we always do have episodes up bi-weekly. So you can definitely check those out. And we do album reviews. We do, we sometimes pull stuff from Reddit. We do a lot of very honest discussions that we don't do on these regular episodes because why it would be. So if you guys, you know, want to know more and you guys don't want to wait for a regular episode, definitely check out our Patreon. As it says, $3 a month. And there's such a huge backlog of album reviews and just discussions and everything like that, that you could literally be listening to us until 2023 just with that backlog okay and it is a lot of fun we have a lot of fun reviewing albums so definitely definitely as i said check it out on patreon i only have a shout out oh, my shout outs are to my fellow co-hosts thank you guys it's late it's almost 12 30 but we're here and we're having a good time so yay shout out to the listeners obviously always thank you so much for still sticking with us and for your interactions and for telling you telling us that you you know missed us <laughs> that's surprising but also thank we're very very thankful and also shout out to god seven because who would i be if i didn't shout out god seven shout out bang Chang. Also. Hi. And shout out to 10 for birthday because I didn't think I could love you more and I do. Well, yes, ah. I that's a shout out that I should have led with. Shout outs to 10. Also, shout out to Tayman. He yeah. went to a Keys concert. He's looking adorable these days. But oh. again, 10, you did the damn thing. Like you always do though. Like you this is a man who needs no introduction. Like in fact, if we do give him an introduction, he'll just have a whole bunch of titles, just like Daenerys Targaryen, Daenerys Stormborn, the Khaleesi, the the Queen of the Seven Kingdoms and the Roinar and the Andals. That's that's Tin's introduction. So we love okay. to see it. Thank you. Okay. Very passionate about Game of Thrones as well, I see. But yeah. Actually, yeah, hold on. I just want to give a quick shout out. Sorry, one more. Yeah, shout out to George R. R. Martin for giving us House of the Dragon 
it was a phenomenal first season. Like, I can't believe it was as good as it was. I cannot wait. I'm literally perched for the second season. And shout outs to who's my baby in there? My baby in there. I don't want to give this shout out because if you haven't seen it, it'll be a spoiler. But I'll say this. Shout out to Karaxi. Shout out to Maylees. All of my little dragon babies. You, know, you guys are so adorable, even though you're huge and not real. I still love you. That's Actually, you know what? Last shout out then as well. <laughs> shout this out. Is literally us. Shout out to Lovin versus Virginia from Rings of Power. If you know, you know. And also, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Rings of Power. Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings show. You know yes, what? but the Loving versus Virginia, there's no black people in that in that show. Yeah, there are there are tons of black people yeah. in that show. There are tons that's of black people that Oh wait, mad. that's right. Yeah. And also, you know what? Shout out to like the least surprising reveal at the end in the last episode. If you know, you know. But let me tell you, you probably could have watched one episode before the finale and you would have known. Like that's how least surprising that reveal quote-unquote was but anyways shout out to galadriel for being a dummy anyways that is it from us guys and thank you once again for the support have a great night or day bye bye bye